Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. Do you want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. We are available on the sportstuff.com and on iTunes. Thank you always for downloading and listening to this show. I am your host, Paladino Joey, and we are back here today to talk about the Minnesota Vikings coaching search, to talk about the divisional rounds, to talk about other Viking news. We always like to start with the Viking news, and then we will jump into the divisional round reviews, then we will preview the NFC and AFC championship games, and then we will close with the fan interaction, a three-segment show as always. You will be noticing some changes to this show in the coming weeks, going to be doing some voiceovers and such, so just letting you know about that, that the changes will be taking place over the course of <laughs> the next few weeks. Just got got some advice, had, looking to make some changes, so looking to make you uh, bring you a better product here on Probo Mafia. Hopefully, you can continue to tell your friends out there about the show. So yes, we're going to jump right into the Viking news and such. Well, it's looking more and more like Mike Zimmer is going to be the guy. At least, uh, yeah, he's going to be getting a second interview tomorrow, Tuesday. (laughs) Tomorrow on Tuesday, so... It's going to be very interesting to see how things go here with uh, Mr. Zimmer. Is he the best man for the job? I I guess <laughs> it's one of those things right now. But first and foremost, I suppose, before I even talk about if Mike Zimmer's the best guy for the job or not, two guys that a lot of people may have seen as a either a better candidate or an equal equally good candidate were Jay Gruden and Ken Wisenhut. They are no longer available as of this day. <laughs> so you have Jay Gruden heading to the Washington Redskins. It's uh ah oh boy. Uh I, I hey, I mean I suppose it's a good hire for them because well they have RG3. He's a he's good with quarterbacks or so we'd like to believe. Wasn't all impressed with how things turned out in Cincinnati in his last game as their offensive coordinator. That was quite frustrating to watch. Uh, if, if you were hoping to see the Cincinnati Bengals finally win their first postseason game since 1988 when they made it all the way to the Super Bowl, and yes, I've said that a million times already on previous shows, but I continue to digress there. Jay Gruden heading to Washington. Well, I'm glad he didn't go to Detroit, I suppose. <laughs> Detroit striking out here. They do not get Ken Wisenhunt either, as he will now be the head coach of the Tennessee Titans. The Minnesota Vikings, as mentioned by Brent Jacobson, dodged a bullet. Yes, I think they did. Uh, if Ken Wisenhunt winds up in Detroit, that could have been a huge problem, I think, for the Minnesota Vikings going into things. Honest to God, I mean, going into next year, if Ken, Ken Wisenhunt was the head coach of the Detroit Lions, I would expect a significant improvement. And in the coming years, it could get very, very interesting in Detroit if Ken Wisenhunt was a coach. A lot of people believe that he was going to be looking like a priority would be the team has a quarterback of the future in place. Is Jake Locker a a legit quarterback of the future in Tennessee? I don't know. Um, I guess he just likes the idea of coaching the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Detroit, maybe he didn't want to deal with the potential mess because that team is crazy regardless if Mr. Schwartz, Jim Schwartz, is the head coach of them or not. Um, Cleveland still does not have a new coach. The Minnesota Vikings, of course, still do not have a head coach. So uh, a lot of indications are that Mike Zimmer, as I mentioned, is the guy because he's going to have a second interview. Other candidates include Bowles out of Arizona, 
That's correct. And then we also have uh, see Todd Bowles, yes, out of Arizona, the defensive coordinator there. So interesting to think that it looks like we're heading towards a possible defensive coordinator as the head coach yet again. So, hmm, yeah. Um, I'm glad we didn't go after another Brad Childress type, but then again, who's to say who's the Brad Childress and who's the Mike Tomlin? Who's the the Ken Wisenhut? You know, who, who's to say who's what? You know, um, Mike Zimmer apparently more of the abrasive type, more of the old school type who's not afraid of anybody, if you know what I mean. <laughs> he commands respect and he, and he doesn't take crap from anybody. Which I think is good for the most part. I just hope that uh, he can mesh well with the players. Hopefully, it sounds like a lot of the Cincinnati Bengals really swear by him. And obviously their defense was the backbone. Regardless of how good Randy Dalton was in Cincinnati. Because, yeah, I mean, we're looking more and more at the Cincinnati Bengals here. I do think Jay Gruden was a legitimate candidate for the Minnesota Vikings. We've heard absolutely nothing about the Vikings even talking to Ken Wisenhunt in any way, shape, or form. Reaching out to him either... Uh, Todd Bowles has mentioned the other candidate. Um, I don't know as much about him, honestly. Mike Zimmer seems to be, um, again, in the lead between those two. And then there's that mystery candidate, uh, whoever that is. (laughs) Is it Daryl Bevel of Seattle? Is it Jack Del Rio of Denver? Is it Gaze of Denver? I don't know. I hope it's not Gaze, because I think he's just not ready to be a head coach in this league. And I think a lot of people agree with that. Who knows? I mean, sometimes guys emerge, and there you go. There, there's the next John Gruden. Who knows? Uh, as mentioned uh, earlier, John Gruden will not return to coaching in the NFL. Not understanding that at all. A lot like Jeff Van Gundy with the NBA, just wants to stay with the media. Um, okay, I guess. I guess it's less pressure. But shoot, I, I don't understand why he doesn't want to return to be a coach again. Same with Steve Mariucci, who's been working for NFL Network, though he seems to be having a ball working for NFL Network. I love Steve Mariucci. I mean, seems like the kind of guy you would run through a wall for. I mean, love the guy. Um, So the third candidate, I have no idea. The Minnesota Vikings have been talking to members of the 49ers staff. That's right, the San Francisco 49ers. Greg Roman is uh, a candidate as well, believed to be interviewed on Saturday before the Carolina game on Sunday. Oh, man. <laughs> Very excited with all the 49ers continue to get things done there. Not everybody agrees, but that's part of the fun of it. I mean, we don't all have to cheer for the same team, now do we? Even though we're all Viking fans, we don't have to cheer for the same, uh, you know, playoff teams when we're not in it. But anyhow, Vikings also looking at the defensive line coach of uh, San Francisco 49ers. I'm not going to take that seriously, though who knows, watch, watch, that's what's going to happen. Nah, I I don't think so. I'm not even taking that seriously at this point in time. I think it's just uh, unlikely. That man is Jim Tamsula. Jim Tamsula. Uh, I'm just, yeah, I'm not really even thinking about that. No, um, the Vikings have also interviewed Daryl Bevel and Dan Quinn out of Seattle. Cleveland's defensive coordinator, Ray Horton, included in play, uh, potential coaching candidates that have been interviewed. But again, it looks like the top three are Bulls, Zimmer, and Question Mark. So, oh goody. <laughs> um, don't be surprised, ladies and gentlemen, if Mike Zimmer is announced as the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings in the next 48 hours. That is my Purple Mafia prediction. Not necessarily my Purple Mafia endorsement. I kind of endorsed Greg Roman on the page, the Facebook page, but at the same time, ah, <laughs> I mean, Greg Ro- Roman... And Mike Zimmer would be my top two choices of the remaining coaches, though, again, I will continue to say Ken Wisenhut was probably the best candidate of available coaches out there, in my humble opinion. But, again, but, uh, well, the past is the past now. There's nothing we can do about that. He seemed to have his heart set on being the head coach of the Tennessee Titans pretty early. It seemed like that was about the way he was heading pretty much from the get-go, and that's exactly where things went. So, With that said, we will move on to the divisional round. Yes, sir. Aren't you excited to get on to the divisional round? Oh, yeah. Wasn't it good? Wasn't it a fun weekend of divisional football? Well, again, another (laughs) New Orleans Saints game that was not exciting. Just like the previous week against the Philadelphia Eagles. Saturday, January the 11th. The Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks. Yes, Paul Tuna versus Caniff. If you're listening, I hope you are. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. Very close friend of mine that has, again, moved to Seattle, along with, oh, yeah, Sebastian Balls. Oh, yes. Who is not a Seahawks fan, but Paul kind of is now. Actually, he really much is, though. He still likes the Vikings. It's You know, that's his original team, but he's enjoying his uh, Seahawk mania there in Seattle right now. A 23-15 uh, victory over the New Orleans Saints. The Saints don't even score a point until the fourth quarter. Very cool to see Drew Brees and the Saints struggle, because... Obviously, a lot of Viking fans hate the New Orleans Saints for obvious reasons. We don't need to get back into that topic again. Not only because it's painful, but because it's yeah, it's been rehashed a kajillion times. Seattle Seahawks, as predicted by yours truly and probably a jillion other people, even though the New Orleans Saints do have a lot of talent. <laughs> as predicted, though, the Seattle Seahawks do win. 23-15, to an 8-point victory in a game that was... Very Seattle-like um, over the past two years or so. Low-scoring, uh, ugly, but <laughs> but hey, I mean, there was, was there really any doubt from the get-go that Seattle was going to win this game? No, there really wasn't. They're kind of like they're kind of like a better, they're kind of like a more fun version of the, what the Pittsburgh Steelers were when they were winning Super Bowls. Kinda, you know, kinda. That's probably the closest thing I can come up with with, with the way the Seattle Seahawks play. Um, Percy Harvin, kind of, uh, same old story, getting hurt again, <laughs> classic, with a concussion this time around, getting hit in the end zone, a pass that was not caught by the aforementioned Percy Harvin, Russell Wilson, getting it done, ugly, but getting it done, kind of like, uh, Joe Flacco in his early years of the Baltimore Ravens, when they were making runs to the AFC Championship game, uh, only to lose to Pittsburgh and such along the way, uh, with a 50% completion percentage, and that's it. Only 100 yards passing. That's why this was a boring game, because there was really nothing going on. Uh, Drew Brees was getting the yardage, but the completion percentage was certainly not high, and he only had one touchdown pass in the fourth quarter. The Saints were hanging on slightly, but really, again, there was really no doubt that the Seattle Seahawks were going to win this game. Percy Harvin... <laughs> Oh boy, Percy Harvin. I don't even I don't even know what to say about him. Good for him, I suppose. As I'm glad for uh, he he did make a really nice catch in the game, but in the grand scheme of things, everything is just short yardage with Percy Harvin. Hasn't been able to break loose and such. Only three catches and 21 yards, and that's pretty much all there is to say about that. The whole passing game of the uh, Seattle Seahawks pretty much non-existent in this game, but that's certainly not to say the running game was non-existent because Marshawn Lynch. He had a long of only 31 and still managed to get 140 yards and average 5 yards a carry. This team is a legitimate Super Bowl favorite team, unfortunately. <laughs> because i much like to see the 49ers win, but we will see where things go from there. It wouldn't kill me to see Seattle win a Super Bowl. It's about time that franchise and that city got another championship. Uh, Seattle Seahawks, it would obviously be their first Super Bowl championship Possibly their second Super Bowl appearance if they indeed do go. Um, the city of Seattle would receive their second championship because their first was the Seattle Supersonics in 1979. Back in the day when Lenny Wilkins was a player with the with that team. Yes, sir. I uh, Well, I was born in 1979. I didn't see it, but I do remember the history very well. Um, obviously, they're the Oklahoma City Thunder today. <laughs> Seattle still looking to... Re to uh, resume uh, basketball again in the NBA, but unfortunately their first, or their most recent attempt struck out with the Board of Governors in the NBA, but yeah, that's a very side topic. I do apologize. Again, a game that there really isn't all too much to say about other than they got it done the old-fashioned way, defense and running the ball. Oh my God, it still exists in the NFL. And Russell Wilson can make plays when he needs to. That's what's great about Russell Wilson. He's not always the prettiest <laughs> the prettiest player out there, but he didn't throw interceptions. He didn't. Uh, his quarterback rating for the season is over a hundred. So hey, it's not like he's it's not like he's Trent Dilfer out there, you know, with the Baltimore Ravens back uh, back in the day. He is a legitimate quarterback, but hey, when the passing game really isn't getting anywhere and it's just kind of a grinded out type of game, he didn't get them killed, and that's what counts. That's that's how you win in the NFL in the postseason, and that's where the Seattle Seahawks stand today as favorites of the favorites of the four remaining teams. Without a doubt, they are the favorites of the 
four remaining teams. So now we move on to a, well, a barn burner, I suppose, of sorts. New England Patriots hosting the Indianapolis Colts. This is the one I got wrong. Uh, and it's like I knew better, doggone it, because the, the Patriots had really been showing signs late in the season that they are legit. And I was going with them for a while. They're like, you know what? They're going to take out Denver in the AFC Championship game. And that's what I was thinking of weeks ago, several weeks ago, about six weeks ago. I'm like, you know what? New England's going to go to the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. And then I was like, and then I soured because Gronkowski got hurt. But you know what? This team wins no matter what. Because Tom Brady, <laughs> no matter who his wide receivers are, who his running back is, wins football games. Tom Brady is that good. He is as good a quarterback as there has been in this league. And yes, he has lost two Super Bowls where Joe Montana was 4-0. and But in overall skill and ability to get the job done, regardless of who's around you, <laughs> Tom Brady is as good as there has ever been in this league. And there is no doubt about it. The Patriots destroy the Indianapolis Colts 43-22. to There was no comeback to be had. But you know what was amazing about this game? <laughs> you know what was just truly amazing? As good as, as good as Tom Brady is, he didn't have the prettiest game ever. But again, he didn't get the Patriots killed. Andrew Luck got the Colts killed. He threw four interceptions. Four. 331 yards and all that stuff, but his completion percentage was under 50%, folks. That is pretty bad. Under 50%. It's like, are you serious? That's pretty rough. <laughs> it's funny to see Adam Vinatieri, still a member of the Indianapolis Colts, going against his, his old club. It's been a while since boy, it's been a while since Vinatieri was on the uh, the Patriots. What the heck? Son of a gun. <laughs> oh, boy. But yeah, Tom Brady wasn't exactly pretty in this game, but hey, in other games, he is still great, even regardless of who his wide receivers are. But in this case, it didn't matter <laughs> about the passing game because LeGarrette Blunt took over in a big way, and so did Stephen Ridley, because LeGarrette Blunt and Stephen Ridley combined for six touchdowns. Oh my god! You heard me correctly. Six touchdowns. For Garrett Blunt, LeGarrett Blunt, and Stephen Ridley. Boy, I'm sure the <laughs> Indianapolis Colts are really excited about that Trent Richardson trade they made at the Cleveland Browns earlier this year. Boy, he was sure a factor in this postseason. <laughs> Three carries for two yards. Oh, my. Ooh, boy. Man. Trent Richardson, you are tearing up this league, man. What the heck? Man, the Cleveland Browns really traded up to get the guy, and then they just quickly, just as quickly, trade him away. What the? <laughs> think about the Cleveland Browns. Think about that franchise. And to think that they just might get... <laughs> I I wonder if they would actually legitimately sign like a Josh McDaniels <laughs> or Jim Schwartz. That would be quite an entertaining move by them. What the hell are the Cleveland Browns doing? That is the worst-run organization, and I'm really sorry if Vince Germano... Vince Germano, if you're listening, buddy, I'm sorry to say it, but boy, oh boy, they... I mean, there, there are a lot of poorly-run franchises, and I think a lot of people <laughs> would tell you. <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings are one of them at times. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sorry to say that, but hey, I mean, facts speak for themselves. I'm not trying to down the Vikings. I'm the host of this show. I love the team. I'm a 20-plus-year fan of the team, 20 plus years, 20 plus years I have followed this team. But I'm telling you, <laughs> yeah, the franchise has been in question at times. But the Cleveland Browns, since they became this expansion team, now the, the former Browns, I mean, they had some pretty nice history. No championships or anything, and they had some disappointments, but they also had some wonderful seasons. They were a very strong team in the 80s at times, strong in the 90s at times. And of course, when they became the Baltimore Ravens, they've been pretty damn good. They've had some boring, crappy seasons, but they've had some awesome seasons, especially since Joe Flacco took over. They have been one of the better teams better teams in football, but um, the Cleveland Browns, my God, I mean, look at what they've done. Ugh, look at what they've done. I mean, it's just, what, what the heck? They trade everybody away. They go with third-string quarterbacks, and unfortunately, this is just a bad luck thing. He has an ACL. They fire coaches after one freaking season. They draft Tim Couch, they draft this guy, they draft Brandon Whedon, they draft, 
Yeah, Kelly Holcomb was the quarterback for a while. I mean, oh my god. Okay, sidetracked just a little bit because just look at Trent Richardson. I just can't believe it. Oh my god, what the hell? Um, <laughs> maybe it was a good thing the Browns traded him away, but just thinking how they traded up for him. I mean, they traded up for Trent Richardson. Oh, and who did they trade with? That's right. Yep, we do appreciate that, Cleveland. I'm sorry for ripping you. Um, that was a, yeah, that was, uh, we really appreciate that move. So we got a little extra picks that helped us get Harrison Smith there. So, yeah, uh, with that said, I'm really running this long, and I apologize. <laughs> oh, my. With that said, the New England Patriots' run game is just sick, and they have a legitimate chance to go to the Super Bowl and maybe even pull off one of the great upsets because I think whoever they would, if they would beat either the the, the Seattle Seahawks, which would be quite the feat, or if they even beat the 49ers, I think that would be an, an upset. Yeah, I mean, when you consider how depleted the New England Patriots have been with injuries and and uh, jailbirds, yeah, that guy. Oh, boy. Whew. Yeah. Jailbirds, yep. Permanent jailbirds, I gotta think, in that one. Don't even need to say his name on the show at this point. Um, they look they look like a team on a mission right now. It's, it's very impressive. Uh, if Peyton Manning's out there shivering and wobbling the football going into the game, <laughs> and yes, Peyton Manning's going to wobble the football a little bit because that's just how he is at this point but he's still passing for 50 touchdowns, Tom Brady-like in, in 2007. But um, if Peyton Manning is, is even a little bit shaky going into that game and the weather's really cold and all that stuff, I think the Patriots are on their way. But look at me getting way ahead of myself again. But I'm just saying, I'm, I was I was that impressed with this game. They're, they're starting to remind me of the New York Giants. You know, the team that beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl twice in massive upset fashion. I think the New England Patriots are starting to remind me of the New York Giants a little bit. Their front seven is really good. Their their running backs are really good. And their quarterback, obviously, is clutch. Will he finally be clutch in the Super Bowl again like he was in the past? Hopefully, for his sake and for the city of Boston. We shall see where things go. I have ran this one way too long. Yeah, you can tell I like the Patriots, can't you? Just a little bit. A team that I also like an awful lot as we head into Sunday. San Francisco 49ers getting it done. Against them, Carolina Panthers, two 12 and 4 teams with young, athletic, talented, entertaining quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, it's hard to dislike either one of these teams, to be quite honest with you. I really like the Carolina Panthers. I do. Uh, they have all the pieces to be a very successful franchise for many years, in my humble opinion. The coach is good as well. Really, yeah, a well coached team, a strong, strong defense. Cam Newton is, is really a fun a fun player to watch, but this was his first playoff game, unfortunately for him, because the Carolina Panthers were pretty bad years ago. Just a few years ago when Cam Newton was taken number one overall. I mean, there's a reason why Cam Newton <laughs> I mean, there's a reason why Carolina had the number one pick, is what I'm trying to say. So, there it is. I mean, but to see them improve as quickly as they did here, from last year into this year, very impressive to see. And very... Very easy to root for this team going into this game for a lot of fans out there, but I'm telling you, I love this 49ers team. I love what Jim Harbaugh has done with this franchise. I mean, it is so awesome to see what the, the to see the way they've approached things. You know, you think, man, why, why the hell? You know, why the hell couldn't they have home field here? I mean, they're killing themselves losing games earlier in the year, but they're peaking at the right time, and that's what counts. They've won two games on the road now. I mean, Green Bay is not an easy place to play. Even though they've really lost their mystique in the postseason, it was still like three degrees out there. I mean, that's easier said than done. The polar vortex hadn't quite hit yet, but the early effects of it were already taking place. I mean, three degrees is cold. For the 49ers to go from Candlestick Park, which I will call it for all time, uh, for the 49ers to go from there to to, to Green Bay and win... And now into a pretty tough atmosphere in Carolina, North Carolina, Bank of America Stadium, and win 23-10. to They just they snuffed out this team in a big way. For them to get the job done the way they did, it was pretty impressive. Colin Kaepernick had to do his little display when he ran the ball into the end zone. Again, displaying just how dangerous he is. Late in the game to make it, or excuse me, midway through the third quarter to make it 20-10. to 
which made a lot of us believe that this San Francisco 49ers team is going to, in fact, win this game in advance to the NFC Championship game the way he was able to get it done when he needs to. When he's able to rush for a first down, rush into the end zone for a touchdown, (laughs) the way he's able to get it done is what really, truly matters about Colin Kaepernick. If he's not passing for 400 yards and five touchdowns, (laughs) that doesn't necessarily mean he he, he sucks. (laughs) He doesn't have to be the prettiest thing in the world out there. He gets it done. Just like Russell Wilson. And, well, uh, a lot like Cam Newton, who wasn't all that good. He was a bit erratic in the game, and it was kind of disappointing for, I'm sure, a lot of Carolina fans. But again, I got to think there was a little bit of a... (laughs) I mean, there was a little bit of inexperience taking over with this one. Just a little bit of inexperience with this one. Um, It was uh, quite a mess for him. And this is a a very playoff-tested, tried-and-true San Francisco team that he was going up against. So it's just one of those situations where it was experience and a team peaking at the right time. That's what happened here. That's why San Francisco 49ers are advancing, and that's why the Carolina Panthers, unfortunately for them, are going back home. Man, to have a first-round buy and to lose right away, that's got to really suck. And we've been there and done that. In the AFC, that certainly was not the case. (laughs) Both of the teams that got the first-round buy are in the AFC Championship game. So the first number one seed, uh, excuse me, the first first buy team is out. Obviously, there are going to be two more no matter what. Or at least one more. Excuse me, what am I talking about? Maybe there'll be two more. There'll be at least one more. Excuse me, I keep thinking San Francisco had it, but they didn't. Yeah. Um, there really isn't all too much to say about this game other than the 49ers really just, they look, they're, they're the better team. They're the hungrier team. They are the more experienced team. I mean, Frank Gore, how can you not like Frank Gore? He, he gets it done all the time, no matter what. And another guy that really gets it done is a guy that I just... He's, he's my favorite receiver in football. I've said it a million times on this show. And it's not because he gets 7 million yards and, and 18 touchdowns like like Larry Fitzgerald or, or uh, Megatron or whoever. <laughs> you know, Julio Jones, guys like that. It's Anquan Bolden, without a doubt. He's my favorite wide receiver because he's just so tough. He's so clutch. He just, he gets the first downs that when you need him, he gets the touchdowns. He didn't get a touchdown in this game, but he was dominant all the way. Eight catches, 136 yards. A 45-yard play as well added on that list. This is a team primed and ready to make things extremely interesting in Seattle, Washington next week. So we will close on that game. Very cool to see. Um, oh yes, and the one thing that uh, Colin Kaepernick did, this is what I was trying to get to earlier, the whole Superman <laughs> Superman thing and unbuttoning the shirt and flexing the muscle. <laughs> it was just his way of saying, hey, I don't care. I don't care how good you are, Cam Newton. I'm better and we're better. I, I think that's what he, I mean, that's basically what that was. I'm not a big celebration fan, but it was in a way at the same time, it, it had its coolness to it. It was like saying, hey, yeah, we're in your house, but we're gonna but we're gonna get it done. We're, we're the better team and <laughs> the hell with you. That's basically what that was. <laughs> Cam Newton didn't take all too well to it. He was just kind of playing the casual card and then just walks away in the interview. It was like, okay, all right then. can't imagine he enjoyed that out so much. So I got a couple wrong this weekend. I did have the, the Seattle Seahawks and San Francisco 49ers advancing. I was correct in the NFC. I was dead on. And I was dead off. Dead off in the AFC. But, hey, San Diego did make it slightly interesting. Despite the fact Denver was uh, ahead 17-0 to going into the fourth quarter. San Diego made things very interesting in that fourth quarter, scoring 17 points. But the game was never tied at any point in time. Peyton Manning... And the Denver Broncos pretty much got it done. Phillip Rivers a bit sharper than Peyton Manning, but at the same time, certainly not dominant in any way, shape, or form. San Diego 49ers scared the Broncos a little bit, but the Broncos, they just were the better team, and that's all there was to it this time around. I mean, they were they were ready this time. They, were, they had this approach in this game saying, hey, it's not going to be like last year. Or we're just going to be one and done. You know, we're going to get the first round by, be 13-3, and three, have an awesome season. And then, oh, by the way, here comes this upstart, you know, 10-6, and 9-7 team, and they're going to advance to the Super Bowl because we're going to 
roll out the red carpet for them, the way the Broncos did with the Baltimore Ravens last year. Not the case this time around. The Broncos did what a lot of people pretty much expected them to do to Baltimore last year. Take a, take an early lead, maybe, <laughs> unfortunately, blow a blow the lead a little bit, where things would get a little interesting, but still finish the job. And that's exactly what the Denver Broncos did in this particular game. Noshan Moreno was far fairly solid in the game, getting big first downs at the end, though. That's where San Diego was disappointing, because they kept creeping back closer and closer. They were able to recover an onside kick when they were trailing by 10 points. They got very, very far, but unfortunately could not, just could not get in the end zone. They end up having to kick a ship shot field goal. That was very disappointing, but still, they had about four minutes left. So it's like, okay, San Diego still has a legit shot at this. There's four minutes left. They're only down by seven. Here we go. And then it's just a regular kickoff. I was a little bit semi-surprised to see San Diego not go for the onside kick again. But I suppose, I mean, you figure maybe our defense has been playing fairly well of late. Fairly well of late (laughs) is going to make stops. But they didn't make stops. And Denver just kept running the ball. They kept running down the clock. And that was all there was to it, unfortunately. For the San Diego Chargers, who I picked to win this game. And it looked like they had a legit shot of doing it. But again, they did not make the stops when they needed to. Noshan Moreno did his job. He got first downs when he needed to. He's nothing special at all. I mean, I'm not a really big fan of Noshan Moreno. I think he's kind of a backup running back. But he's basically a okay starter for the Denver Broncos. But, um... He's, he's good enough, I suppose, when your quarterback is passing for 50 touchdowns and 7,000 yards. No, you know, 5,000 yards, all that good stuff. But, um, yeah, San Diego couldn't make those stops. Nochan Marino did what he had to. He Frank Gord it. He Anquan bolded it. And, hey, all the credit in the world to Nochan Marino. He wasn't a star, but, boy, he was absolutely what the Broncos needed if they were going to win that football game, and that's what mattered most. Keenan Allen, extremely dominant in the game. Him and Phillip Rivers hooking up in a lot of that. It's 17-point fourth quarter for the San Diego Chargers. Chargers with six six receptions, 142 yards overall. Two touchdowns in that fourth quarter. Absolutely dominant. And a legitimate Rookie of the Year candidate. Um, almost pretty much, I would say, a Rookie of the Year favorite. A lot of people would love to see Cordero Patterson get it. But I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. Though he is. Cordero Patterson, I will mention. Cordero Patterson and Adrian Peterson are all pros. They are both going to the Pro Bowl. Yes, sir. They're both going to the Pro Bowl. Adrian Peterson as a running back, of course. And Cordero Patterson as a punt returner in that Pro Bowl. So, very cool. Congratulations to both of them. Very nice to see Cordero Patterson make it. Uh, He had to be an injury replacement. But, hey, so be it. If, If you're in, you're in. It still counts. Cordero Patterson very deserving of it, and yeah, he'll be in the he'll be in the running for Rookie of the Year, but he's not going to get it. Obviously, Keenan Allen has been a pretty awesome rookie for San Diego, and I remember he was very much in the mix for the Minnesota Vikings at one point in time. I kept thinking the Vikings were going to take him because he looked like a Percy Harvin replacement. Um, Cordero Patterson absolutely is a Percy Harvin replacement. He, I think he's going to have a better career. Uh huh, and so is Keenan Allen because I think Percy Arvin's going to get hurt every time he touches the ball, and I think his lips flap way the frick too much. So there it is. There's your game reviews, and there's your Viking news. Still waiting on the coach. Is it Mike Zimmer? Is it Greg Roman? Is it Todd Bowles? Or is it Tim Brewster? No, I'm kidding. Is it is it some other mystery guy? Uh huh. It's like cross your fingers. Green Bay had a mystery guy last time around, and it ended up being McCarthy. So, well, that worked out pretty good. He's not the best coach in the whole planet, but he's pretty damn good. Hopefully the Vikings can pick the right guy this time around. We're still waiting. Tick, tock, tick, tock. <laughs> yep, I mean, that's all we can do with that one. So we will take a break after this long segment, and we will do the previews of the two humongous games coming up this Sunday. shop on Amazon? Did you know that you could support this podcast 
just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping, and Amazon sees that we referred you, and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com, and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. Too busy to sit in front of a computer? Simply download Purple Mafia on iTunes for Apple devices. For Android, download the Double Twist app. And for Windows and BlackBerry phones, simply find us in the store. And now, back to Paladino Joey. And we are back here on Purple Mafia. It is time to preview the AFC Championship and the NFC Championship, which will both, of course, take place on Sunday, January the 19th, a, well, 3 p.m. Eastern, we'll say 2 p.m. Central <laughs> start, for the AFC Championship game, which, of course, be the first of the two, and then it is prime time, well, 5.30, excuse me, yeah, 5.30 Central time on Fox for the uh, NFC Championship game. The AFC Championship game will, of course, be on CBS. No surprise for either of those stations. Those have carried... Those usually carry those two conferences all season. New England Patriots head to Denver for what will be an awesome game, without a doubt. What's gonna What's gonna happen in this one? New England's gonna continue to try to run the ball. San Diego Chargers did not have all too much success against the Denver Broncos, but Philip Rivers had success against the Denver Broncos. So expect a little more passing game out of Tom Brady here, though at the same time. New England's running game is so damn good right now. I think the Patriots will continue to use that deadly weapon that they really didn't quite have in the past. Not really. Denver Broncos, in a lot of ways, it's it's all Peyton Manning 100% here. Obviously, their defense was pretty good against San Diego, particularly down the stretch. Well, actually, mostly in the first in the first three quarters, it was fantastic. It was shutting them out. And it's, well, it prevented San Diego from scoring a touchdown in a very dangerous part of the game there. So, give them credit. That's why they say defense wins the game, because it did. San, Di- San Diego's defense did not win that game, because they just could not stop Nochan Moreno. Therefore, they could not stop the clock, and that was it. <laughs> Denver Broncos advanced to the AFC title game this time around. It really does depend on Peyton Manning, how he's feeling in this game, the weather, how he's able to adjust to it, because last year he could not adjust to it. How are things looking in Denver? I mean, it's going to be pretty doggone interesting to see what happens in Denver. It's like you want to check out the weather forecast for this one because it's very important to the success of this team. I mean, I think the New England Patriots running game will be... (laughs) I think, yeah, I mean, I think the New England Patriots running game will be a huge key, obviously. The two keys in this game are New England's running game because if they can establish the run, I think it's game over for Denver. Honestly, I mean, why, why not? Why should I not believe that? But obviously, if Peyton Manning is totally on his game going into this one, well, then it won't matter anyway, I suppose. So, as we head to Sunday's uh, forecast, it does not look like the weather's going to be oh too cold. Um, Obviously, it's a ways off, but right now, (laughs) apparently the high appears to be 56, the low 30. And yes, I'm looking at the weather for this one because it means a lot. For Peyton Manning, the wind doesn't look too bad either. Nine miles an hour, six miles an hour in the evening, nine miles an hour in the day. So it doesn't look like the nastiest weather in the world, which which actually probably looks like that will favor the Denver Broncos going into this game. But hey, the Patriots are so clutch. Um, <laughs> in terms of the head coaches, this is a rematch of the Super Bowl about 10 years ago. In fact, yes, that would be 10 years ago in the uh, 2003 season going into 2004, of course, January January slash February 2004, when the New England Patriots with Bill Belichick defeated John Fox and the Carolina Panthers at the time. Now, of course, John Fox, the head coach of the Denver Broncos. We'll really see how, we're going to see how things go in this one. It's uh, two very, very good coaches, of course. John Fox still chasing his first Super Bowl. Bill Belichick chasing his fourth, and it's been quite a while in that chase, because the last time the Patriots won a Super Bowl was the 2004 season, going into January slash February 2005. 
in that case. So the weather forecast, I think, favors Denver because it was a lot colder last year when the Broncos <laughs> when the Broncos lost that game to the Baltimore Ravens. It was very cold, very windy. Denver, I mean, obviously it's Colorado. Weather can change very dramatically in that place. So we shall see where things go with this one. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be an awesome game. The Patriots, you know, how clutch are they going to be? Is their running game going to get the job done in this one? We shall see. Uh, The Chargers running game, as I mentioned, not all too impressive. Not all too impressive in their playoff game with the Broncos. So uh, we'll see. I mean, Denver's obviously got a great defense. John Fox is a very good defensive coach. And, of course, Jack Del Rio is a very good defensive coordinator. So there's a lot of that going on with with the Broncos. They have a lot of good coaches, obviously. (laughs) And overall, their defense is stacked in a big way. And their offense is record-breaking. Absolutely record-breaking. So we'll see. Will the Broncos ultimately make the Super Bowl? Um, (sighs) You know, it's like I'm kind of sort of leaning Patriots. Tom Brady's what ten and four against uh, Peyton Manning in the in the playoffs over his career or no not in the playoffs overall overall he's ten and four against Tom Brady and remember many times in the past Tom Brady and the Patriots defeated the Indianapolis Colts back in the day this is their first matchup in the postseason boy I mean this is a tough one it it really is it's like I do believe both road teams could win this weekend I really do. Um, oh, I mean, at the beginning of the year, I had Denver and San Francisco in the Super Bowl. The possibility really does exist. That could end up being what's going to happen here. Oh, my God, I want to pick the Patriots so bad going into this one. But, uh, boy, um, uh, based on past history, despite the fact the weather situation may favor the Denver Broncos in this one, I got a sneaky feeling that the Patriots figure pick this, uh, figure this out and get it done just because, and it's not because I, I like the Patriots, I'm honestly saying this objectively, I think past history would tell you that the Patriots are going to somehow win this one I and it, it would be quite crazy though unfortunately I think the Patriots would probably lose the Super Bowl <laughs> if they got there uh, not saying I want them to lose the Super Bowl necessarily, though if it's San Francisco it might be a tough one for me but, um, tough one to pick there but I do think the Patriots Somehow, some way. I mean, it's going to be a weird game. This is going to be a very, very weird game. I think the Patriots find a way to win this one with that running game and with Tom Brady being as clutch as he is. I think it's going to, this is going to be one of those games we're going to be watching on ESPN Classic, even though it doesn't exist anymore. Pardon me. We'll call it NFL Network now. We'll be watching this on NFL Network um, years from now. And of course, probably in the, this winter time and springtime as well. This is going to be one of those games we're going to be seeing years and years from now, I think, between two really great quarterbacks later in their career, but still very much on top of their games. Um, Denver's got so many weapons. That's why you'd think this this game would favor them, but there's just, there's just something funny about both of these teams in this situation where Denver, with Peyton Manning, I, I just don't have a good feeling about this. I just don't. I, I just think... There's going. There's something going to happen here, and I I think the Patriots pull off a a upset in this one because of that. If this was John Elway and Terrell Davis back in the day, I got the Broncos winning because they're that they were so freaking good, and the Patriots are a little bit undermanned, even though their running game has the the ability to possibly to carry this team to not only the Super Bowl but a Super Bowl championship. Believe it or not, it's possible, but. Yes, I do have the Patriots pulling this out in a very narrow margin. I'm going to go 31-28 to 28 in favor of the New England Patriots in an extremely classic battle between two great quarterbacks, great coaches, and great franchises. So, there you go. That is my prediction. I've got the Patriots winning this thing very narrowly and advancing to the Super Bowl. Alright, so to the AFC Championship game, this one's going to be even tougher. <laughs> Do I have to do this? No, I was kidding. Yes, San Francisco wins. No, I mean, I'd love to say that. I would love to say that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And at the same time, I do think that possibility exists. And again, this is not just my heart talking. Look at what they've been able to accomplish. I mean, they they made Carolina look like children. They really did. I mean, they, they really did. Even though the store didn't necessarily look as that lopsided. 
they looked they made Carolina look look young, inexperienced, and completely out of their league. When San Francisco was not the home team in the game. You think that would be the road team that would look kind of like sissies at times, but San Francisco they have a little bit of that um they have a little bit of that late nineties Denver Broncos to them when they went on the road and won. That's what that's what they're kind of been reminding me of when they recovered after losing like the devastating uh big games. And they lost in devastating fashion. I remember they lost that AFC championship game to the uh Jacksonville Jaguars, was it? No. No, not the Jaguars. What am I they lost the second round game to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Just devastating for Denver. But then they the next year they came back on the road and won it all. And I think San Francisco has a little bit of that in them right now. I think Jim Harbaugh has their team peaking at the right time, though Seattle is the most deadly place to play right now. I mean, under Mr. Pete Carroll, <laughs> the Seattle Seahawks are 15-1 and one at home under Pete Carroll. 15-1. and one. Will this be the second in 17 home games for the Seattle Seahawks? Will this be the second loss for the Seattle Seahawks? These are truly, like I've been saying all season, I had this prediction going into the season that Seattle and San Francisco would be in the NFC Championship game. And here they are. Seattle and San Francisco are in the NFC Championship game. This was the ultimate matchup that we have all been waiting for. (laughs) Unfortunately for the 49ers, they don't have home field in this one. Because if they did, they would for sure for sure be going to the Super Bowl in my mind. But the deadly, deadly home field advantage that Seattle does possess makes this one so much tougher to pick. But there, I mean, there's something so special about these 49ers, yet there's something so unbeatable about the Seattle Seahawks. This is the toughest game to predict. Anything could happen. Seattle could go out there and win this thing, <laughs> very, very, you know, they could really snuff the 49ers, but at the same time, the 49ers could really snuff Seattle. Their defense is that good. Look what they did to Carolina. They got the job done against Green Bay. San Francisco is so clutch. So clutch. Um, the coaches are in the same league. They are probably the two best coaches in the NFL right now, with the exception of Bill Belichick. And <laughs> Well, John Fox is probably the top five, top six. He's a great coach of the Denver Broncos and formerly Carolina. Very, very good coach. Man, this is a tough, tough game. But I have to go with this. I have to do it. (laughs) I have to go with this. And I think both road teams win this weekend. This is not my heart. This, uh, This is not my heart, even though my heart is facing this way as well, but I do have a feeling San Francisco finds a way to go back to the Super Bowl. I have a feeling. Uh, And and I've been going on in my head about this all day, but again, there is something very magical about San Francisco. The way Seattle snuffed out New Orleans is what concerns me so much about this game. That's what concerns me so much about, about this game for the San Francisco 49ers' sake. And which has me believing Seattle wins the whole entire enchilada. But there is so much clutch ability to this San Francisco team that I don't necessarily see in Seattle. They win games, but are they clutch? Are they clutch? I'm not so sure. I think San Francisco is the most clutch team in the NFL right now. Right now. So I think this is going to be a very tight, close, and lower scoring game. It's not going to be like New England and Denver. This one is going to be something of the of the likes of 24 to 17. And I will go with 24 to 17 San Francisco in the NFC Championship game on the road going to the big game to play the New England Patriots, which would be one of the coolest matchups of all time in a lot of ways. It would be very cool. Watch me be completely wrong and it's going to be Seattle and Denver. But you know what? Hey, I'm not telling anybody to bet money. And I wouldn't be surprised one bit if it's Seattle and Denver. Because they've been the two best teams in football all season. But this is a radio show. And i got to give opinions. And that's what I'm doing right now. 
I think the two teams that are going to be that are that I, I think the stars are aligned for them right now in a lot of ways. The way they they've been clutch, the way they've overcome this and that. Denver overcoming, or excuse me, San Francisco overcoming the fact they've been on the road and that they're peaking at the right absolute time. I think they pull off one of the great, uh, I mean, well, it wouldn't be the greatest upset ever, but I think they pull off something very spectacular. And um, that's where I'm leaning right now. I apologize to Paul and, uh, well, I I don't know who Sebastian's rooting for. Probably Seattle, but I don't know. (laughs) Maybe he can call in and talk about it on the next episode when when we're going to be previewing the Super Bowl and reviewing these games. That'll be next weekend, of course. We shall see where this goes, though. But yes, 24-17, San Francisco, New England wins 31-28 to in the AFC Championship game. We'll be back right after this. Contact us and support Purple Mafia by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter. Don't forget to call into our phone lines at 209-736-7877. That's 209-736-7877. It is the fan interaction segment. Welcome back to the Purple Mafia show. It is time to hop on to the Facebook page, which is, of course, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia show. Rock and roll. So, <laughs> we are going to jump straight into it. Uh, we had a few responses when I mentioned Jay Gruden was going to become the next coach of the Washington Redskins. Not all too many people responded. Uh, actually, in fact, it was Brent Jacobson, and he just said, I still want Wisenhunt. And again, Brent saying it was a good hire by the uh, Washington Redskins in hiring Jay Gruden. I agree. I agree. Not sure if he was the best choice for us or not, but I do think Jay Gruden will have some success in the National Football League. I posted... A picture about the NFL playoffs, uh, well, obviously the conference championships. I simply said I like it. David Longfield saying four great teams should be good. What do they all have in common? A good quarterback. (gasps) Yep, that is a big time, big time line right there, uh, David. Love it. (laughs) You're very likely to be getting a star this episode. (laughs) Mark Carlson saying, I can't see anyone taking down the Seahawks. But Kaepernick is a full step better than he was last year. Uh huh. And on a different subject, is Randy Moss acceptable as a TV co-host? I haven't decided. Just glad it's not Dion. Or excuse me, Neon Dion flapping his ears tonight on the Fox NFL Football Daily. Yeah, I, I need to see more of Randy Moss. I, I I really do before I can really say too much. Um, <laughs> it's actually just weird to imagine Randy Moss in the media, considering how unavailable he was to the media pretty much his whole career. I mean, he was pretty much unavailable. The only times he was available is when he would say way too much. <laughs> so it's just that's just classic Randy Moss for you in that sense. Uh-huh. Uh, I was, this generated a huge conversation when I said, Greg Roman, anyone like it? And Brent Jacobson was saying, he's becoming my second choice again. Wisenhunt, he's done a great job with Kaepernick and having a good running back like Gore. He, Brent continues saying, if Wisenhunt goes to Detroit, they could be scary good. Yep, and glad that didn't happen. Brett McCarthy saying, me, me too, Wizenhunt is my choice. Brent saying the Chargers are still in the playoffs, and I think he has said no interviews until the Chargers are eliminated, and that's pretty much what happened. <laughs> that's pretty much what happened, because, and it was amazing how immediately after the Chargers were eliminated, Wizenhunt, head coach, Tennessee Titans, just one day later, not even 24 hours later, David Longfield simply saying, who dat? <laughs> Brett McCarthy saying, sounds like the Lions are after him. Just saw on NFL Network the Lions are pushing to get him. Luckily they didn't. In my opinion, Sebastian saying because Wizenhunt isn't interested, probably. As in the Vikings, yeah. And uh, it doesn't seem like it. It's hard to say what the heck really happened with all that. Winding things down, we got a couple more. Dave Hickey out of Iowa saying, I would prefer a defensive-minded coach. That's where we need the most help, and we are going to lose a lot of our defensive free agents in the offseason, so we need somebody with an eye for defense. Jack Del Rio played for us, so I think he would take a great pride in leading our group of players. Bowles did a great job with the Arizona D and their and, and, yep, and their draft last year. Or how about Dan Quinn, the Seahawks defensive coach, who doesn't like the Hawks D? 
Yeah, I, I like Dan Quinn an awful lot, Dave, and maybe he's the mystery guy because they can't talk about it because they're still in the playoffs. So maybe that's why there's been a delay. Though, yes, Mike Zimmer obviously must be one of the absolute heavy favorites because he is getting a second interview. Will Dan Quinn have a second interview should the Seahawks be eliminated Sunday by the San Francisco 49ers, which I did predict on this episode, yes, sir, on this show, briefly. Just ever, uh, Yeah, briefly. No, it wasn't briefly. I went on and on about it for a little while. <laughs> that was really a fun segment, actually. So, yeah, I thought I'd mention I really enjoyed that. Uh, Dave Hickey saying, and I forgot to mention, I hate anything about the 49ers. Ouch. So I'm just guessing, just a little bit, Dave Hickey's preferring the Seattle Seahawks win the game. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's all in, it's all in who, who you like, I suppose. At least, in the end, we all like the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> Brent Jacobson saying, I'd love it if he's the next coach of the Minnesota Vikings. So, uh, who, which one were you thinking there, uh, Brent? Shoot. Oh, wait a minute. I, I bet he'd he'd be better than the previous coach we had from San Francisco. What am I saying? Sorry about that, Brent. Yeah, you meant Greg Roman. Yeah, I think Greg Roman should be a top three uh, possible coach for the Vikings. Cedric Paulding out of Mississippi saying, I like Zimmerman and Horton. Defensive-minded guys. Oh, yeah, Dan Quinn also. <laughs> yeah, I, I like Zimmerman and Dan Quinn for sure. Horton, I mean, did a good job in Cleveland. It's just weird to imagine Cleveland defensive coordinator with how things went there becoming the Vikings coach. It's, it's just weird to imagine, but uh, I, I guess he's a possibility, though I'm at this stage I'm thinking he's not one of the finalists. So uh, I'd say that. Obviously, that was just a couple days ago, not too long ago. On Friday, uh, when that was first posted and uh, first brought up, um, now we are going to jump in to a couple of the extra posts here before I get into the Ken Wisenhut section here, where a lot of people had uh, something to say about Ken Wisenhut becoming the next coach of the Vikings or the Vikings and <laughs> the Tennessee Titans. Uh, where are we? Where are we? Brent Jacobson was picking a, uh, yep, here we go. Oh, hey, I like this. <laughs> Brent Jacobson was showing the uh, the mock draft simulator. It has the Vikings selecting Javon Clowney. Yes, that guy. <laughs> Javon Clowney. Yes, sir. Clowney coming to Minnesota out of South Carolina with the eighth pick. I'm thinking that's unlikely that he would slip that far, but that would be nice. I mean, I wouldn't be mad. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm looking at... Am I looking at this correctly? Yes, I am. This is actually... Oh, yes, it is absolutely correctly. So the Vikings would be taking Clowney, number 8th. Vikings would eventually get a quarterback. David Fells out of San Jose State (laughs) with the 96th overall pick. So there it is. There's your quarterback of the future in the 4th round. Well, maybe he wouldn't be the quarterback of the future. He would just be a developmental quarterback, see where things go, and then maybe approach things next year. Oh, boy. Sounds like the Vikings right there in a nutshell, doesn't it? But, hey, at least you'd have Clowney to be a franchise defensive end to lead the way, and that would be an absolute replacement of Jared Allen. So, of course, this is just draft simulator, but still, that's just amazing to think that Clowney could possibly slip that far. I have no idea where things are going to head. Tony Coleman. Oh, there we go. Plus showing the tickets pricer at TCF Bank Stadium. But you might not be able to buy them anyway because, yeah, it's going to be smaller. So that's cool. Check that out, guys. Thank you for posting that, Tony. Very much appreciated. That's actually very cool. Uh, Brent Jacobson saying, if I were stealing, I'd be on the phone with Wizenhunt's agent five minutes after the game is over. I wish. God, I wish. Uh, but apparently Wizenhunt was, had his heart set on Detroit. And, yes, Brent Jacobson simply saying, thank goodness he isn't going to Detroit. The Vikings dodge a bullet with this one. Yes, sir. Do agree with you, Brent, on that. So now the cousin Ken Wisenhunt dealy here. Uh, Brent Jacobson saying, Some expert on Sports Radio 105, the ticket, predicted that Mike Zimmer will be the new Vikings head coach. However, Grandpa Sports Sid Hartman speculates that he'd retain Bill Musgrave? What? What? No. Ah, uh, no, God, I hope not. Oh, yeah, and Brent Jacobson saying to me, that's a deal breaker. Either he brings a new coordinator or he doesn't get the job. Yeah, I agree. That's a definite star right there. I mean, well, I, retain Bill Musgrave. Are you flipping kidding me? Oh, my God. Oh, 
uh, Mike Zimmer, if you're planning on keeping Musgrave, you better you better like the city of Cincinnati because you're going to be there a long time, buddy. Uh, no way, you know, no way. There is no way. <laughs> Bill Musgrave is the offensive coordinator for this team. If I had anything to say about this, and I think about 99 percent of the fan base would agree with that comment. <laughs> so there you go. Shad Clark saying, "Glad Wizard isn't going to Detroit." That being Wizard Hunt, and Billy has to go. <laughs> like Zimmer otherwise but what do I know yep yeah yeah there you go so yes he's saying Bill is in Bill Musgrave has to go you like Zimmer otherwise but what do I know uh, Brett McCarthy saying Musgrave has to go we need Roman from the 49ers I'm kind of leaning that way Brent uh, Brett yeah like I, I did officially endorse Ro- uh, Greg Roman as uh, my purple mafia pick for the head coach I want an offensive minded coach I'm going to say that right here and now. I want an offensive-minded coach for the Minnesota Vikings. And the way Greg Roman adjusted things with Colin, uh, Alex Smith to Colin Kaepernick. The way he was able to adjust his offense. He changed his offense for the quarterback, which Bill Musgrave didn't do. So to me, Greg Roman, I, I, I just think he is a... I, I think he's a good coach. I think he's got a future in this league in a big way. Um... We'll see. I mean, I, I, Greg Roman would personally be my choice. Yes. So there it is. Stamped. There we go. Purple Mafia stamp. Brett McCarthy continuing with saying Zimmerman and Musgrave, no way. Couple of one and done in the postseason. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I really agree with that. Jerry Hicks saying, I'm glad he's not in Detroit too. Well, why were the Vikings not interested in him? He did well in Pittsburgh. Got the freaking Cardinals to the brink of winning a Super Bowl. He had Rivers playing playing great. Yeah, very good thoughts there, Jerry. I completely, completely agree with that. Yeah, you guys are not disagreeable. I, I agree with a lot of what you said. <laughs> I can't disagree with really anything you guys were saying there for the most part. Very cool posts there. Uh, only one Twitter. Well, there's a new one somewhere in here. Someone followed me. Thank you for that. Do appreciate it. <laughs> uh, Anthony Batista. That's the only tweet I got that's uh, Purple Mafia related since the last episode. He came and sim- simply asked, uh, did did they also interview the 49ers defensive coordinator? And uh, I do believe, yes, they did on Saturday, uh, Anthony. And, of course, welcome back, Anthony. He's been away for a while, unfortunately. He's been kind of in and out listening because uh, his work wasn't allowing him to uh, listen to listen to podcast, you know, li- listen to his earphones during work. So that's quite unfortunate to have that type of situation. I can't at my regular job, at least not, not unless I'm on break. But I, I could uh, in the lawn mowing season, yeah, so most of the time anyway. <laughs> so I'm like a podcast machine listening to podcasts when I'm out mowing lawns in the spring, summer, fall. But uh, unfortunately, yeah, it's winter time, so I try to listen in the mornings and in the, in the after work in the nighttime. So there you go. So, yeah, welcome back, Anthony from L.A. Yes, ho- hoping he'll be around some more. He was talking about that. We were having a little little brief uh, instant message conversation. He's saying he'll be around more next season, so that would that would be very cool. Mi- really missed you this year, uh, Anthony. Hope to hope to <laughs> hope to keep hearing from me in the future. Missed the call-ins. R- really, really missed the guy. So nice to know he's still still uh, thinking of us. Yes, thinking of us here in Purple Mafia Nation. So there it is. That's the that's the wrap up of the fan interaction. Hope you guys don't think I'm too crazy with my picks, but then again, that's the name of the game. Radio is all about opinion. Now, I'm not here preaching any gospel to you about who's who's better. You know, you have to pick this team. Of course not. You can love whoever you want. A lot of people don't like San Francisco. In fact, it seems like a lot of people are kind of getting this Miami feeling, Miami Heat feeling about the San Francisco 49ers lately. I don't necessarily get it, but... That's okay. I guess maybe I do get it because Kaepernick's a little cocky and uh, Mr. Mr. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, he either rubbed, you either love him or you hate him. I personally love Jim Harbaugh. I think he's the best, man. I think Jim Harbaugh's the best. He's the best coach in the NFL. Him and Bill Belichick are the best. And that's what kind of Super Bowl we'd be staring in the eye. And can you imagine Tom Brady going against the team he loved and admired so much? growing up in the Super Bowl. We'll be definitely talking about that next week. Should my predictions be right? <laughs> Maybe I'll be half right. Who knows? Maybe one of those teams will be in there. 
Will it be New England and Seattle? Will it be San Francisco and Denver? Will it be San Francisco and New England? Oh, will it be Seattle and Denver? Which is what a lot of people would tell you. They've been saying it pretty much since week five this year that it's going to be Seattle and Denver. And that very easily could be the case. So we'll be back next weekend to preview the Super Bowl and review these soon-to-be spectacular. I hope they're spectacular. I don't want to watch any freaking blowouts. But, uh, yeah, I believe soon-to-be spectacular conference championship games. Do enjoy, guys. And we will probably also be introducing the new head coach of the Minnesota Vikings on the next show. So that is going to be a show you aren't going to want to miss. You are going to want to tell all of your friends that give a rat's butt about football because the postseason is very, very, very fun to talk about (laughs) for everybody. So tell all of your friends that give a rat's butt about this show coming in next week. Heck, have them listen to this one too, damn it. (laughs) Take care, everybody. We'll be back.